This is Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia, a congregation full of life and love with a legacy of outreach ministries. Everybody's invited to church in person Sunday at 10 a.m. and online at mountpleasantatl.org. And now, the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta. Reverend Katrina Usher. It's on you. Good morning. I'm sure y'all have had Pastor Benson long enough to know that sometimes you don't know where he's about to go when he's saying something. So I was like, Lord, just please don't let me be embarrassed. But that's definitely one of the gifts that Pastor Benson has, as he said. Um, it's very rare to catch him off guard. And I personally infer from that that it's a representation of his faith, that you believe so much in God's ability that it's really hard to get caught slipping. And so, and even if you do slip, you just have a smooth way of navigating through it. And so... Um, Thank you, Pastor Benson, for the opportunity and to the leaders of this church. I bring you greetings from the east side, from Fairfield Baptist Church, under the leadership now of Pastor Eric Vickers. So I'm grateful to God this morning for being here. I'm grateful to God for the opportunity to be here and how he orchestrated all things to work out. Um, and so let's go ahead and get started. So the topic for today is on the one hand and on the other. Our scripture will be coming from Luke chapter 22, verses 39 to 44, and it reads, And it came out and went as he want. I'm sorry. Thank you, respecting the ordinance of the church. He, and he came out and went as he want to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also follow him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as if it were drops of blood falling down to the ground. You may be seated. Father God, we come this morning to give you the glory and the honor. We thank you, O God, for allowing our eyes to behold another day and our breath to inhale the air of this morning, O God. We give you thanks, O God, for those who have dedicated their lives to you today, God. And we pray, O Lord, that as we go forth throughout this the remainder of this service, that your presence, your power will be felt, O oh God. Allow me to decrease, O oh God, that your Holy Spirit within me may increase. And the type of way that makes articulating your word not only easy, O oh God, but that it has the ability and the power and the anointing to fall upon fertile grounds. We praise you this morning, O oh God, for all that you do and all that you're capable of doing. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray and give thanks. Amen. Can you recall a time where you found yourself in a situation where you were dealing with conflicting thoughts or emotions, where what felt on one hand 
was in direct contrast to what you felt on the other hand. And while you continue to journey through that situation, there may be various factors that contributed to what the ultimate outcome may have been. With July being National Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, a time in which we enhance public awareness of mental illness and mental illnesses among minorities intentionally bringing awareness to the unique struggles that racial and ethnic minority communities face regarding mental illness in the United States. It is no secret that disparities regarding mental health care services and barriers to prevent or stall access to adequate health, living, and educational resources exist within the non-white communities. Often positioning minorities to inadequately address trauma, anxiety, and depression. With that being said, the impact and the influence of the church is extremely significant in communities and within our schools. Mental health isn't just about mental illness. According to the CDC, mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make healthy choices and it is important at every stage in our lives. I'm sure we found ourselves in a dilemma where on the one hand, we feel a certain way about something and then knocks all of a sudden, on the other hand, we feel a conflicting emotion, like a groom awaiting the entrance of his bride. Who in here has ever been a groom before? All right. If you could reflect back Upon that day where your thoughts and emotions while you were standing there, the ones that you experienced standing, you probably were thinking on one hand, I can't wait till she shows up. And perhaps on the other hand, you were anxious because you were marrying the love of your life. You were overwhelmed by responsibilities that you were about to take on. Or you could hope that you could still hang out with your boys a little bit longer, watch uninterrupted sports, or maybe you were just frustrated because you had been standing well long past the time of your wedding, the wedding was supposed to start. Yet the mind-blowing appearance of your bride. A responding on a wedding side wrote, to be honest, when I first was standing there looking over the field with my back turned, a lot of things were going through my head. Is it going to rain on the ceremony? Will there be enough food? I'm getting pretty hungry. As I heard her get close, I started wondering, what does her dress look like? What should I say? But as soon as I turned around and saw her, my mind went blank. And all I could think was, wow. Mothers, when you know your child for those nine to 10 months only within your body, on the one hand, you're wondering, I wonder what this baby looks like. You pray for its healthiness. On the one hand, it's a bundle of joy and happiness and this great miracle of God. But on the other hand, a bundle of fear, anxiousness, and bewilderedness. According to the director of the founding director, according to the founder of Motherhood Center in New York, prior to the pandemic, 
the rates of perinatal mood and anxiety disorders were one to five. But over the past two years, those rates have increased from 50 to 70%. And this week, several of our children will be embarking upon the first day of school. Just a quick pulse check, which parents in here or grandparents are happy? <laughs> I see a hand in the back. <laughs> All right, any children ready to go back to school? She said no. <laughs> Anybody work in the education system? All right, oh, are you ready to go back to work? <laughs> she says she's ready for her children to go back to school, but she's not ready to go back to school. Well, I understand. So, but the first day of school brings an array of emotions. On the one hand, anticipation and excitement, and on the other hand, nervousness and anxiety about the grade, teachers, and classmates. Although the current administration has made the mental health of our students a focus within the school systems, it is also important that parents monitor our child's mental health. And as Christian parents, it is very significant that we instill in our children who they are in God. Give them a sense of importance. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, say of the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. John 3.16 gives our kids a sense of value. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that, so, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Give our kids a sense of confidence that they can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens them. Philippians 4 and 13. Give our kids a sense of safety and protection. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 and 9. And finally, a sense of identity. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own very special people, that you may proclaim in the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Peter 2 and 9. In the 22nd chapter of Luke, we find Jesus at the Mount of Olives praying. On the one hand, he understood his purpose, the gift of eternal life that he had come to bring to everyone on earth. But on the other hand, his mental health is being affected by the task of taking on the weight of the sins of the world. Students, just as your parents still do today, you will face times where you will not know what to do. You may find yourselves in situations where you're unsure how to respond or in a conflict of contrasting thoughts and feelings. Back in the day, People didn't have these fancy book bags with the characters and the athletes and the wheels and the lights and the straps. And to let my uncle or my grandma tell me they used to have to carry a little satchel or a sack to school. And as you prepare for school and as you prepare your grandchildren for school and as a parent you prepare to send your child to school, I just want us to remember as it pertains to our mental health, I want you to remember to sack it, S-A-C-K. S, step away from those who are on a different purpose. Verse 39, 41, 
Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw behind them, knelt down and prayed. Sometimes, regardless if you're young or well-seasoned, you have to step away from those who do not have the same goals as you. The most important thing to remember is that you don't always have to be doing what the Joneses are doing. You don't always have to have the same car. You don't have to have the same clothes. You don't have to walk the same. And we don't even have to look the same. So step away from those who are not on the same purpose as you. As we approach school, the very first day is the most important day. Our kids should approach school with the mindset of how successful they want to be. If you're not having a talk with your child about, or grandchild, about what you expect of them when they start school, I implore you to have that conversation soon. Because if you live in this APS, I think your school kids go to school on Wednesday. And if it's not noticeable by now, I'm an educator. <laughs> so I'm taking the opportunity to use this platform because our children are the most important things. Um, and they unfortunately have to live out the consequences of decisions that they didn't get a chance to make. And so um, just being in education, um, this is my sixteenth year on the starting in middle school. So <laughs> that sounds like some people who tried it and knew that was not for you. Okay. I tried elementary school. Actually, I tried working at a daycare one week when I was in college. I didn't even go get my check. <laughs> That's how stressed out I was. So definitely we each have our own place that we need to be. And I was glad to learn early that working with little ones five days a week. Now, I used to do Sunday school once a week. But to do that five days a week, God bless those who do it. But, um, again, you have to step away from those who do not have the same goals as you. And as we get ready to start school, definitely have a conversation with your relative about what you expect of them as they approach school. Um, some teachers give this speech, today is the first day of school. It's the first day that everyone in the room has an A. You all have a 100. Yet as the school year goes on, you see people in classes who have forgotten why they're there, disruptive, playing, cracking jokes, not doing the classwork, sleeping, failing to turn in their assignments. Any of these parents used to be these kids? I appreciate the honesty. So those, who could, who didn't, those of you who could relate, uh, just remember when your child is that child, don't be so hard on them. But when you see kids doing this, um, you just want to make sure that you stay away from those kids who are not on the same purpose or whose purpose is not aligned with ours. Even as adults, we're, we're going to our job, we go to work, and we work hard. Sometimes for us, it's a struggle to get up every morning. But wherever you're going to do whatever job it is for you to do, when you're at work, 
You know, we all have that same, that one coworker who brings their negativity to our spot. And we've all been called to let our light shine and sometimes you just wanna turn it off so that they don't come talk to us that morning. But what I've definitely learned for me personally this year because I'm starting to have more of my coworkers come around and talk to me because usually I'm the one that's in the room, door closed, I keep a light dim so it looks like I'm not in there because I have to have a whole routine to get myself together. But what God really showed me is while I'm sitting in my personal space, we're only worrying about me. I'm forgetting that God has placed me there for a purpose. And so each of us are placed wherever we are for a purpose. And so when that negative person comes along, I know you want to tuck and run. But just maybe when you, are, you already know they're going to come. So go ahead and ask God to prepare your heart and give you the words to say for that person. Because sometimes we are the only person that, um, only God that people will see. And as I saw in your announcements while you have the um, Mount Pleasant on the go, she stated that sometimes people are too busy to come to church. But nobody's too busy to go make money. All right? So sometimes that we just have to be that light. Um, second, A, acknowledge the complexities of your feeling. And the first part of verse 42, it says, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Here we find the moment when Jesus is acknowledging the overwhelming feelings he is encountering. You see, for the first time, he's taking on not only the sins of the world, but also the wrath of God, the wrath that should have been given to mankind. And nearing of his death. Let's be honest. There's more times than not that there are things we just must do, need to do, should do, that we really don't want to do. But no one will ever be able to relate to the way Jesus is feeling in this very moment. It's no secret that we struggle daily in making choices. I mean, Paul even documented this in Romans 7, 18, 19. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwell of no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would do, I don't. But the evil which I would not, that I do. I recall attending one of my uncle's wedding, and as we sat at the table while the newlyweds took pictures, my daughter was turned around in her chair, just staring at the other children running around and playing on the floor. I asked her, I said, what are you doing? She said, Mommy, I know they shouldn't be doing that, but it looks like so much fun. <laughs> and for those of us who have been brought up to respect ourselves and to honor the values that our parents have instilled of us, we see others being disobedient, making bad de decisions, hanging out late, turning up on things they shouldn't be doing. But at some times, on the other hand, because on the one hand, we know that we shouldn't be doing it. But on the other hand, it just looks like so much fun. Third, I compel God to hear you by casting everything to him. Verses 43 and 44 said, And there appealed an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as if it were drops of blood falling down to the ground. Jim, Jesus demonstrates here what to do when you are not at the best in our mental state. 
When we are at our weakest moment, do not give up. Do not give up on God. Do not ever feel like God doesn't hear you or that he doesn't care. Instead, we are called to pour our all out to him. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not only let you be tempted beyond, he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. We all have a relationship with God, yet too often we allow our young people to think that they have time to start building this relationship. Your prayer life, your walk, it has no gender, it has no age, it has no specific pre-qualifying factors. You don't have to fill out an application, you don't have to have the right credit score, or the, uh, the goal have attended the right college or have the right degree in order to start building or cultivating our relationships with God. God hears us and his heart is open to every person. And then know, know that God's will is what's best. Jesus in this particular story is also showing his commitment to what God desires for him. God has to trust that no matter what we have to endure, that we are willing to walk it out. That we are willing to walk in his will for our lives. That we are willing to let go of what we feel we should be doing, how we should be doing it, to embrace the will that he has for us. It can be so tough living in this world, trying to figure out what God has called each of us to do. And it's unfortunate that not just our youth, but if we honest, a lot of us struggle with seeing what God has for us, for us really seeing what he's gifted us to do for the upbuilding of his kingdom. But we find comfort in knowing that in 1 Peter 4 and 10 it says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. When we seek God's will for our lives, the amazing thing is that you will be good at the thing that God has called you to do. You may not be the one at school or at work preaching. They might not see you walk into the office with your Bible in your hand or wearing your scripture t-shirt or wearing your holy church shoes. But one thing we can do, we can be kind. Ephesians 4 and 32 says, be kind to one another. We can stay out of drama. Proverbs 4 and 5 says, an honest witness does not lie. A false witness bears lies. You could respect your parents, no matter how old you are, or young, or well-seasoned. Ephesians 6 and 1 says, children, obey your parents. In the Lord, for this is right. We could also be a leader, called to be a leader, not a follower. Acts 5 and 29 says we must obey God rather than man. In essence, God's will for our life, for my life and your life, is better than anything we could ever create for ourselves. One of my favorite Bible verses is Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him who was able to do exceedingly 
abundantly above all that I could ask or think. And what I love about that is I think I have a great imagination. I think that I am creative. So when I think about a God that can do something greater than what I was thinking, that he will provide for me, that he will open doors for me that I think that should be open. And even when those doors are not open, I find comfort in knowing that he is going to do exceedingly above opening that door I thought I should have had open. So when I didn't get the job promotion, or I didn't get the raise, or whatever it was I thought I should possess and I didn't get it, is it disappointing? The reality is yes. But I found comfort in knowing that if I thought that was for me, that God has something even better and greater in store. As I prepare to close, remember the first day of school. Remember when you go to work. Remember when you are driving the bus, when you are dealing with your grandchildren that end up spending the night, but you thought they were coming over for just a few hours. As I prepare to close, approach all of those things with a mindset that it will be yours. That whatever it is that you have, that whatever God has called you to do, you are going to be the best at that thing. And when you have conflicting thoughts, when on the one hand you desire to do one thing, but on the other hand that thought or a feeling contradicts your first thought, sack it. Step away from those who are on a different purpose. Acknowledge the complexities of your feelings. Compel God to hear you by casting everything to him. And know that God's will is what's best. This story goes on to describe Jesus' journey from Mount Olives to the cross. On one hand, we see a nail in his hand for me. On the other hand, there's a nail in his hands for you. And knowing that Jesus took the ultimate sacrifice, God made a sacrifice, Jesus is making a sacrifice, and God is just wanting us to just make a sacrifice as well. Sacrificing our will and embracing what it is he has for us to do. And know that in all things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against us will prosper, no teacher, no co-worker, no bill, no doctor's report, nothing, no thing, no self-esteem, no anxieties, no depressions, no thoughts of harming yourself or someone else, no thing shall prosper when you sack it. Again, step away from those who are on a different purpose. You can let your light shine, then acknowledge the complexities of your feelings, Compel God to hear you by casting everything unto him and know that God's will is what is best. Now, by no ways, as easy as I'm saying it, am I trying to imply that this is super easy. But God just wants us to take a step. And all he is asking of many of us is to just trust him. On the one hand, we want to run and not deal with it. On the other hand, God is asking us to make some tough decisions. On the one hand, we just want to give up. Some of us just want to stay in the bed. Sometimes it's a struggle to get out of bed. But on the other hand, you got a family that is depending upon you. On the one hand, you just want to quit. Go to work one day, get your stuff, 
Sometimes you think about just leaving your stuff at work. You don't need it anyway. But then on the other hand, you know that God has put you there for a reason. So no matter what it is that we're going through, or no matter whatever decision God has for us to do, he has already told us that we are going to be victorious. So that all I ask in for us is that when we are going through our days, and as we're preparing our kids for school, and as this church within this community, just remember that we have an impact that stretches beyond these walls, that stretches beyond our minds, because again, he does always exceed what we are expecting him to do. We just have to do our part and believe that he is capable and trust that even when it doesn't look like, I love this sister's, I'm gonna say mother's wow. This mother's, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be, this mother's testimony, that's my heart wanna say. But I love my sister's testimony here. Even when it looked like, I'm sure there was times and we could relate that she wanted to give up. I'm sure there's been times when we've had illnesses within our bodies, illnesses in our family, and it just doesn't look like it's gonna pan out the way it needs to be, the way we desire it to be. But if we just wait on the Lord in due time, he is going to strengthen us. He is going to equip us with what we need. And in the story, I skimmed over, I don't even, this is the most important part, while he, Jesus was praying, an angel appeared and strengthen him so that he could continue to keep praying. The angel didn't come and say, look, let me make a deal with you and I'm gonna make this exchange. He didn't come to barter. What the angel came to do was to strengthen Jesus so that he can continue to be persistent in his prayer. And sometimes we just gotta be persistent in what we're praying for until we have the confidence that, God is, that God's got us, that he is going to provide. Too many times we quit on our own prayer. Too many times we give up before we even give God a chance to start. Like when you get into your car, not these little electrics and push starts and hybrids and all that, but throwback Buicks and stuff. When you crank it up and it's like, what do you do again? You turn it again, right? No, I can't think of a time where I got in a car with my uncle or anybody where he tried to crank it once and we got out? No, you keep going. Give it a little pump, try it again. That's what God wants from us. Hit the crank, be persistent in what we're doing. You've been listening to the Mount On The Go podcast. If you've been enjoying the word, please consider donating to the Mount Pleasant ministry. We have various ways that you can give to the ministry to allow us to become better in our pursuit of delivering God's word to you. You can give via PayPal at mtpleasantatl.org. You can give via Zale, info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also give via Square and Givelify. For Givelify, just search for Mount Pleasant Baptist Church with our address, 17 Melvin Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia, and you'll be in the right place. In addition to all these options, you're always welcome and invited to grab an envelope and have cash or checks sent to the church, whose address is again, 17 Millen Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia. For questions, comments, and concerns, feel free to email us at info at mtpleasantatl.org. That's info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also visit our website, www.mountpleasantatl.org, to follow us on YouTube and Facebook for the video version of the podcast. 
Our services are live every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are more than welcome to visit the church in person every Sunday at the same time. Thank you so much for listening.